All right, let's bring in uh, our next guest, um, who's actually got his own little something-something going on with Candy Digital coming up. Ross Stripling joining us right now. Wait, wait is, he, is he driving to go pick up Shohei Otani? Where are you going? Yep. Yeah, I'm the, uh, I'm the final piece to get him to San Fran. They're sending me out there to <laughs> talk to him. That's where I'm at right now. So he's not in Toronto. <laughs> he's in San Francisco, huh? Come, coming to get him for his physical? Take oh, him? Shit. Man, what a crazy thing this has been. I don't know anything. I don't know if you guys know anything, but it's been hilarious and uh, also very exciting to watch. That's for sure. So let's start with this then on that front. You played for Dave Roberts for a while. Did you see the other day he comes out and says the most basic thing ever and it becomes like a massive, I don't know, fire of reporting and even internally it's like there was reporting and it included Ken talking to us the other day that they had to talk it out behind the scenes. Like, Hey Dave, I know you said basically nothing, but shh, don't even say that we met him. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. I mean, props to Shohei since we've gotten him over here to the United States, he has kept things as close to the chest as you possibly can. It's like after he pitches, you might get a few answers. But other than that, anything you get about Shohei comes through the manager, comes through a translator. He's, you know, anyone that says like, oh, I know Shohei wants to play for a winner or I know Shohei wants to pitch every fifth day or whatever. I think it's all BS, man. I don't think anyone has a clue what Shohei wants. And uh, so, you know, we got the whole idea that Shohei wants to keep it private, this whole process private. And then Dave Roberts comes out and says what he says. That's the first wind of anything we've gotten. And it just blows up, you know, because that's the only Shohei headline we can get. And uh, that shows you the power of, of his free agency and, and how everyone's anxious to see what's going to happen. So that just small little snippet just shows you, uh, you know, where we're at and trying to anticipate what he's going to do. Yeah, he's, he should have a lot of power. I mean, he's a once-in-a-generation player. So let him run the ship the way he wants to. What, what do you think, from the Giants' perspective, goes on this offseason? Obviously... They're interested. They they want him, but if he doesn't end up there in general, I think the city is like starving for more star power, right? And they've been going after guys. It's no secret. Correa last year, um, Judge last year, and guys before that too that they just couldn't bring in. So, do you think they're going to be going nuts this off season for Yamamoto? Your boy Cody Bellinger maybe could be back with the team at some point. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like we're in on everybody, right? We were last year. Uh, you know, Aaron Judge doesn't quite work out. Correa doesn't work out. But you could tell they were trying to make moves, bring some star power to San Francisco. Our new manager, Bob Melvin, had a good quote at the winter meetings of saying, you know, we had the Willie Mays era and then we had the Barry Bonds era and then we had the Buster Posey era. Like, who's going to have the next era? It looks like we're trying to find that guy this offseason. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I think almost anybody would say we didn't play a super exciting brand of baseball last year. Uh, we, we need to get more athletic. We need to get more stars on the field. And it's a very competitive uh, division that we need to, um, you know, be at the top of and want to be at the top of. And there's good talent out there. So it sounds like we're in on everybody. I could see us getting a Matt Chapman, a, a Cody Bellinger, a star pitcher, a Blake Snell, a Shohei Otani. And, and um, you know, at the end of the day, we're a big market. We have big expectations to win. We're not that far removed from three World Series titles. And uh, the city wants those back. So um, I, I, I legitimately think we're probably on on the hook with just about everyone and, and um, you know, trying to make big things happen. First off, I just want to say, you don't even have to look at the camera anymore. You're making me nervous over there, okay? <laughs> just... <laughs> Secondly, if he doesn't go, Hatani doesn't go to the Giants, 
and it's between the Blue Jays and Dodgers. Talk to me about the, the you know, the good and bad things about both, and where where would you where would you decide if you were him? Man, gosh, that's a great question. Both places are amazing to play. I enjoyed, um, yeah, I really enjoyed both. Man, I'm very lucky to be drafted and developed by the Dodgers. They're a well-oiled machine. You don't need to really talk about them much as far as the talent that they've. Uh, developed over the years, both on a coaching standpoint and a player standpoint. It seems like there's just Dodgers on every team, uh, both in the front office and on the field. And then the Blue Jays, man, I loved it there. At the end of the day, they're the only baseball team in town, right? A whole country supporting them. Uh, Once the Maple Leafs inevitably lose in the playoffs, like they always do, sorry to any Canadians listening. Um, You know, they're they're the biggest thing in town. I mean, it's 40,000 people a night. And they're beloved uh, by the whole country. And that was pretty special to be a part of, especially as a team that played in Buffalo and then made our way back to Toronto and had that welcoming. Uh, That was amazing. Uh, You know, so really, I I don't see him having an issue with either place. But obviously, he said or it seems like he said (coughs) West Coast is uh, is preferential. So um, L.A. seems to be a more likely stop for him than Toronto to me. But at the end of the day, like I said at the beginning, beginning nobody has a clue so we'll see and there there are <laughs> reports flying all around people freaking out today is is like the ultimate day too ross of just everybody putting on their ken rosenthal hat and then you see it, it's actually like twitter wars right so someone will put something out there like a dinner reservation or even just a, a breaking news just now. And then you'll have a Toronto reporter shoot it down. Like someone's like, oh, he's a J. And then someone's like, no, he's not. No decision yet. So you are seeing like the, the true best of social media being played out today. Do you, do you look at all that stuff? Like, do you, do you have the alerts running today? Um, even just as a fan of the game because of how big this is? 100%. I even just tweeted like 10 minutes ago. Uh, someone posted like a GIF of uh i don't even know what it was from some guy in congress that was like getting asked something like 500 times more a thousand times more you guys have probably <laughs> seen that gift it's like how many times you can check twitter today that's me for sure i mean i'm, I'm bought into it all the way every conspiracy theory uh, shohei followed my teammate logan webb last week on instagram i 100 percent think that that means something i don't know why but i'm bought in on that meaning something for sure so uh <laughs> i'm i'm all in on on trying to see what's going to happen and believe in every headline i see all right let's get into <laughs> Uh, your ball club for a second, um, aside from the free agent signings and all of that, uh, what do you know about Bob Melvin? You know, I know that he is a very distinguished manager, and I've been able to play with guys like Matt Chapman and Sean Manaya and, and some others that have played, Marcus Simeon, that were um, Oakland A's under Bob, Michael Walker last year in San Diego. I've heard nothing but good things. I've uh, been able to talk to him on the phone a couple times. He seems like the real deal. Uh, you can obviously um, see his pedigree and, and why he's had the success that he's had. He's he's going to be good for us. You know, I, I think that last year we did what we had to do with, to win baseball games, as far as like the openers and the hitics and the platooning that we did. But I do think a uh, um, you know more traditional approach to baseball, fielding eight everyday players, maybe platooning one or two spots having five starters, and it seems like Bob Melvin and uh, Brian Price, our new pitching coach, and, and some of the others that we brought in believe in that. And I just think um, you can win doing the other thing, the Tampa Bay Rays and some of the San Francisco Giants stuff that we did last year. But I, I think that with the star power out there on the market and the talent we already have on the team, we can field a, a more traditional baseball team and have success. And I think Bob is an awesome step in that direction. 
and uh, really looking forward to playing for them. Well, I just want to ask real quick, like, what, what does your offseason look like? Where do you spend your offseason? How does your offseason training look like? I would love to go on the inside of a, of a pitcher, you know, me being a position player, or former position player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, for one, man, nice to meet you in person. Uh, you know, I've done this now like 10 or 12 times. I don't think we've ever synced up together. So nice to <laughs> nice to meet you. Fun competing, competing against you over the years. Um, and congratulations on an awesome career, man, for real. Um, Thank you. You know, man, I'm I. This is the first year I'm throwing year round, and I'm loving it. I didn't stop. I got done with the season, and just kept it rocking. And uh, I, I've loved it. I wish I did it sooner. You know, the idea that I usually throw around Thanksgiving for the first time, and then you spend December just building strength, and then you kind of get off the mound early January. I'm, you know, already at full strength, and I've been able to work on stuff in December as opposed to just using the month to to build strength and to you know find my arm slot and not feel like a baby giraffe again. Um, and I just think that that's been huge for me. I'm really excited to get to spring training and, and feel like I'm in a better spot last year. I just didn't show up where I wanted and definitely didn't break spring where I wanted, which I think was part of the reason which led to kind of a funky season for me. Um, and then other than that, man, you spend the first month just getting your body back to, uh, equilibrium. You know, we're so asymmetrical, only working one way for six months. You got to start working the other way a little bit. And then now, uh, we're in the throes of it. Now it's about building volume, building strength and, and getting to a place where I'm going into spring training as strong and as in shape as I can, because as you guys know, it's a gauntlet. You're going to lose strength. You're going to lose uh, just about everything you've built over the course of 162 games. So just trying to get myself to the best place possible and get ready for the marathon that we all know a uh, baseball season is. Uh, towards those lines of the baseball marathon, they've changed from 20 seconds to 18 seconds now, um, I think, with a runner on base. So what do, what do you think about that? Does that change anything you're doing in the offseason? It doesn't change anything I'm doing right now, um, you know, but definitely will uh, start stuff like that in spring training. You know, even before you get into some spring training games, you can start kind of practicing those in, in bullpens. They'll have the clocks going. Um you know, pickoff stations are obviously one of the stations of PFPs in spring training. They'll get the clock going for that and just start uh, fine tuning your body to the to the two seconds less. Um, I'm not worried about it. I did have a couple infractions this year with runners on base. So I do think um, I'll have to put a little attention to it. But uh, at the end of the day, I think it's OK. You know, I, I think uh, speeding up the game just a little bit more, even though we did such a good job. I don't have a problem with it. I'm sure there's plenty of guys out there um, complaining about it. But um you know, I think at the end of the day, two more seconds, it feels okay to me. I don't know where you guys stand on it. Yeah, where, where are you guys at on that, Lowe and Todd? I, I'm, I, didn't, I'm I don't a, have to deal with it, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a fan. I mean, I, I think they should get a little more time. But <laughs> No, you do have to. Well, you didn't have to deal with it then, Lowe, but yeah. as a hitter, the clock's for hitters, too. No, I don't yeah, mind that's it. that's true. Well, me, personally, I, I, I you know, Anyone who's watched me play, I take my time. I'm unstrapping, strapping my gloves all the time. So I was the guy that I needed to take that little extra second to, to breathe and, and go through my plan and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I think it's tough for hitters to adjust because, you know, they have their routine. And, it's, and, and as we know, we're creatures of habit, and it's, it's tough to change our routine. Let me ask you this. Um, Gabe Kapler gone now he's with the with the marlins talk a little bit about him do you think he's going to do well over there is there you know we talked about this I, I i wasn't a big fan of the move i'm thinking about skip schumacher a lot you know the, i don't know talk to us about you know what what he can do over there for the marlins 
So I, I really do like Kapler. I, I respect him so much as a baseball mind. He was my minor league coordinator in L.A. I've known him for a long time. He's helped me a lot in my career. He's always been in my corner. Even this last year when I was frustrated with some things, he always had my back in the media. He had my back behind closed doors. Um, huge fan of Gabe Kapler. I think he's very, very smart. He is definitely a analytical mind. He is definitely a forward thinker. Um, but at the end of the day, I think he's got a really good beat on – developing players and finding players that can, um, you know, fit certain roles and then do some things very well. And, uh, you know, I think that he can definitely bring some edge to to the Marlins and finding talent where maybe they're not always looking. I, I do think that Gabe Kapler has that ability. So um, I think he's going to be in baseball for a very long time because he's smart and he knows what he's doing. So I think anybody that has his talents in the organization is lucky. Um, will he ever manage again? I'm not sure. I enjoyed him as a manager, but I, I think that he's got a really good eye for developing players and helping them get better and finding guys that can have, I don't know, niches in certain areas, whether it's a, a reliever with a certain pitch or a, a guy that can really hit lefties or certain kinds of lefties, whatever it is. I just think that um, he's got a really good eye for ball players. So I got to think he's going to help him get better. That At the end of the day, that was a good team. They made the playoffs. They got the reigning NL manager of the year. And they just brought on some more talent in the front office with Gabe Kapler. So I would I would be bullish on the Marlins for sure. Now, I, I don't want you to think I'm like bullying you here a little bit, but like the Giants, the brand of baseball to me, like last year, it wasn't like, ah, oh, look, look at this. It was kind of boring if you want the truth. You know what I mean? Like it's just something there. Do you feel like you, you'll need somebody to spice that up or was it just, you know, business as usual for the Giants and they weren't really worried about anybody else or what they thought? Uh, it's a little bit of both, right? I think I touched on it earlier that, that, you know, we, we didn't play a, a, a very exciting brand of baseball. We didn't, I don't, I don't think I'd be hurting anybody's feelings by saying that. Um, I, I think that we had to do what we had to do to win games though. We weren't scoring a ton of runs. So we started in, employing some interesting stuff on the pitching side, as far as openers and how we were using guys in uh, like bulk appearances and, and things like that. You know, we had Logan Webb through 230 innings. Thank God for him. And Alex Cobb had a great year. And after that, it was kind of all hands on deck anytime in the run prevention side. Right. And at the end of the day, coming down to the last road trip, we were the third wildcard team when we left and we went two and eight on that road trip and we were done. But we were in it till the very end, and that's a testament to the coaching and the front office and the players buying into the brand of baseball that we had to play to win games. It wasn't always fun. We didn't always love it, but we bought into it, and it kept us in it to the very end, and we, and we fell a little bit short. Now, I think if you were to ask everybody, and I touched on it earlier, we need to start playing a more traditional brand of baseball with five starters with everyday players, with some star talent. And I think when you look at teams that have won World Series that compete into the playoffs and win divisions, that's usually what they have. And uh, I think you're seeing that from Farhan and, and the front office this year as far as being in on the talent that's out there on the free agent market and trying to, um, you know, field a, a more, I don't, I guess, normal team, whatever you want to say it, a, a traditional team that, that'll go out there and, and um, you know, compete at a higher level than even we did last year. Ross, we've talked about this in the past because you've been a swing man you're uh, hey I'll, I'll do whatever i need to do kind of guy right i mean obviously you usually want to start but you've been in situations even going back to your dodger days when you first came up where you're like yeah if, if i need to be a multiple inning guy out of the bullpen whatever it is on the other side of that with this past season and like you mentioned really down the stretch kind of like two starters on the more traditional side and then a lot of mixing and matching do you believe in that is that good 
Um, because now we look at the offseason and innings are being valued more than ever. So if you are a starter that can give a team 200 innings, I mean, you are getting paid, paid. Even like Eduardo Rodriguez the other day, right? I mean, when he's been on the field, he had his stuff off the field. But when he's been with the, with the ball club, whichever team he's with, he gives you innings and he just got $80 million. So how do you think we can get to a point like that? Because I'm sure if it was up to the Giants, they would have five starters that could go 180 to 200 during the regular season, right? I think so, for sure. I think at the end of the day, if you go back to spring training of last year, I don't think anybody, Farhan, Gabe Kapler players, thought that we would go the route that we went. I think everybody wanted to throw five starters out there, eight every other day guy, everyday guys, uh, you know, bullpen with rolls, et cetera. That's the dream for sure. And then things adjust based on injuries and, and how your team's playing, et cetera. Um, you know, that was one thing that was a little bit frustrating for me last year was, you know, I, I started in Toronto, went into free agency, expecting to be a starter. And we're kind of in, in doing the two starter thing. And I'm like sitting over there like, hey, I, I can start, like run me out there. I'm ready. I'll give you a hundred pitches and, and six plus innings. And, and we just kind of did what we did. And honestly, it was working in games that we opened at one point, I think we were like 17 and four or something, you know, like, so it was working and we stuck with it. And um, anyways, to get back to your question, yes, I definitely think that teams want guys that can go out there and get 18 outs and you roll out your uh, it just is hard. This is Major League Baseball is the highest level of baseball in the world. Guys get hurt. Guys go through struggles. It's just hard to script a game, hard to script a week, and uh, and expect it to go that way. And I just uh, I think teams have to adjust. So you, you, at the end of the day, you kind of do what some teams are doing, where you bring in like seven starters, and you just hope that some stay healthy, and and when the time comes, you can make an adjustment. And uh, but you, I do think there's a lot of value in the swingman role that I did for a long time, which is a guy that is ready to start when you need him, but he can give you three innings out of the bullpen, bridge a short start to the back end of the bullpen, and do it again three days later. And then five days later, if there's an injury, he starts and gives you five innings. I think that's extremely valuable. You see a lot of teams that have guys like that. I did it for a long time. Um, you know, it's just uh, I would prefer to start any day of the week for sure. I think that's the best gig in baseball. All right, Thanks. Ross. Let's finish strong here because we're uh, we're about to just dive into our our TMZ Otani rumor mill again here because fans <laughs> are freaking out thinking it's done, but then you have other reporters shooting it down, which I know you don't want to be a part of. Um, but let's finish here with uh, what you've got going on with Candy Digital coming up. We'll show the tweet too. Um, like you mentioned here, feeling the holiday spirit, a lot of freebies going down. Uh, you're going to do a, a little giveaway break live stream coming up. What day is that? on December 13th. Yes, show the, show the topic bar. Is that yeah, me? What's the topic, topic bar? Uh, <laughs> we got it. There it is. Giveaway on the 13th, 3.30 okay, Eastern. Nice. Go ahead. We, we need the plug. What are you doing? So uh, I'm an ambassador for Candy Digital. Uh, if you guys love collecting baseball cards as kids, these are just digital baseball cards, right? I, I, NFTs. I definitely have uh, uh, some pros and cons to the stigma of the word. But at the end of the day, if you just think about these as digital trading cards, digital baseball cards, and how much we loved collecting them as kids, this is now done online. And um, you can do it through Candy. They're officially licensed through MLB. And you can break packs like you did when you were a kid. You get a Topps pack and break them open and, and uh, get the feeling of what's in there. This is now done digitally. 
And I'm doing that with them uh, next Wednesday, like you said, on the 13th. And we're going to give away some of the cards that we open. And, um, you know, they, they've done an awesome job. They've been doing it for two years now or so. And this is, I think, one of the, the newest drops of cards that they've done. I think they're called Icons or Icons 2. And uh, it's just going to be fun. And for anyone that hasn't uh, experienced digital collecting or collecting baseball cards online, come check it out. It's as fun as it is uh, doing it ha as having the, the physical card in your hand, I promise. Um, so please, please uh, come check it out. It, it's a lot of fun. And, um, you know, the star power is in there. Everybody that you want to collect, uh, the Seegers, the Sotos, the Aaron Judges, they all have cards. You can collect all your favorite players. So it's, it's, it's literally... Um, you know, Pokemon and, and baseball cards when we were kids just uh, brought to the new age here. Hey, Todd, show him what you got because I don't think he's I, seen it. I just got one here. Hold on. Let me grab this on. This is, is my my one of one here. Yeah, cool. Can't see it. What do you do? Are you going to hit a homer? Yeah, pr yeah an oppo, oppo homer. Come. Uh, no, this is probably the single. Must be nice. Hit <laughs> yeah, that's the oh, single. Oh, yeah, but sweet. Ross, I don't know if you're aware, but Todd Father uh, hit a home run with that as bad, essentially, in his hands. Yeah, these are cool. Hey, yeah. dude, these are absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah, same. I, I have uh, – so that's called an infinite object. That's just the yep. NFT yep. put into, a, like, a hard hard version of it. And uh, I have one, too. It's of me striking out J.D. Martinez, maybe, like, the one time I've gotten him out. So um, <laughs> I, uh, it's, it's one of my prized possessions. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Well, Ross, yeah, we'll, we'll be there. We'll look forward to that on the 13th. Thanks for joining us, dude. Um, stay locked to your phone. Big things happening soon. Okay. Yep. You guys as well, man. Enjoy the day. It'll be fun. Thank you. Cheers, Ross. All right. Ross Kipling with us from the San Francisco Giants and safely driving to his destination too. So everything worked out perfectly there. Um, and for more on Candy Digital and to get a free MLB team pack, go to go.candy.com slash pack for your own digital collectibles buy sell trade the whole deal but a free team pack to get yourself going um, and you can also choose to leave that pack unopened um, which gives it more value in the future potentially 